This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. But it means to obtain children. It means a family. You know? And when God speaks of, of his house, Jesus talks about a house, you know, his house, who we are. We're his family. We're his, fam- we're his family. And the Father has heart for family. He loves family. You know? You might be single and say, well, I'm... I'm I don't have a family. Well, you know, just kind of keep trusting God, you know. But you are in family because God says, I set the solitary in families. You know, I've been single for a good many number of years, <laughs> you know. But God has always given me people, you know, like Walt and Teresa or Mitch and Paulette and Pastor Bunny, uh, Pastor Ed and Miss Bunny and different people where You know, I can be like I'm in the family. And they treat me like family. You know? They treat me like family. And that's that's the heart of God. He doesn't leave anybody out. He knows you. He knows you by name. Knows the hairs on our heads. All the ones we cut off or, you know, the ones that just left, you know, for some reason or other. You know, he knows it all. He knows every detail about you. Because he designed you in particular. You know, he planned you. He thought about you. Even before the earth ever came into being, he thought about you. He thought about you, the details of, uh, of your makeup. And guess who you look like? That's right. You look like him. We're made in his image after his likeness, his character. You know? Yeah, it got marred in the garden. I'm kind of going around about thing with my message. But anyway, <laughs> Father, I thank you that. We have ears to hear what you're saying, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord. These are your children. They are your disciples, your students, whom you love so much. Lord, in myself, I know I'm not able to minister to them. But you, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. You're the deliverer and the revealer of all truth. Just have your way and minister the hearts of those who are open to receive from you. We want to know your heart. We want to know you. And we thank you for it. Thank you that I'm anointed because you're here and you're in me. Thank you, Holy One. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. But, you know, God... He had a purpose for you for a long time. 
way before you got here. And sometimes we feel like, you know, we're just kind of out there. You know, even when you've been saved a long time. You know, especially when you have dreams in your heart, Susan. You know, dreams that you're like, how did I end up here? Where's, how come this turn happened? You know, but you know, God, he knows what he's doing. Sometimes our dreams, we enter, enter, see my vocabulary is not that big, so I'll be trying to say these big words, so I better stick with the simple. We try to stick in to the plan. <laughs> I was trying to think of this word, and it would not come. So we try to stick into the plan, our plans, or what we think is right. You know, what we think is the way it should be done, you know. But see, God knew what he was doing when he made us. He made us with purpose, you know. And so when things seem like they're going the other way, far away from what you and your heart, I'm not talking about things you just, you know, want to do. Them are usually ours, but things that are in your heart of hearts that you know you didn't dream that up. You didn't put that there. But it doesn't seem like life is going that way. It doesn't seem like God is actually moving on your behalf. Sometimes it seems like he's just gone. I mean, even to, if you've been in Jesus a long time, it can get like that. You know, Jesus felt a place where he got lonely. He wasn't never alone or lonely as far as what we think. Because he said, I always do what pleases the Father. I always do his will. But, you know, when the Bible talked about Jesus in that garden at Gethsemane, it said he, he, he was praying and he, he became in deep distress, deep sorrow. When you look up the definition of the word, it means depression. God understands depression. Now, he didn't stay there because he didn't focus on his depression. He was getting somewhere. He was going somewhere. Number one, he knew who he was. He knew what his purpose was. You know? God made so many promises through the scriptures, you know. If you keep his word and you obey the voice of his command, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a long life. Jesus didn't leave but 33 and a half years. So it didn't seem right, you know. But Jesus knew the Father's heart. He knew what the Father wanted. He's like, Daddy, is there any other way this can be done? It wasn't because of the pain of the cross he said that. It wasn't because he was going to have nails driven through his, through his wrist that he said that. I mean, he had been telling his disciples for years, hey, I'm going to die. They're going to they gonna just mess me up physically, you know. But it didn't deter him one, one bit. I guess that was a good word in there. But anyway. You know, uh-uh, because he knew the purpose and the heart of the Father. You know, the, th the reason, the reason uh, 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 
he said that, you know, it was because he had never been separated from his father. They were one. And he says the same thing about us. We're one with him. We're one with Jesus. I mean, that was his last prayer. Father, make them one. Even as we are one. I in you and you in me. And that's who we are. We're in him. If we're born again, if you're not born again, you can get in him. You know? And he in us. As the scripture says, changing us from glory to glory. Why? Because there's a purpose to be fulfilled. And even though things might seem like they're opposite directions of what his purpose is, he hadn't forgotten. And he is so faithful to his word. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with or going through. If we'll just trust him, rely on him with a passionate relying on him. I mean, like, if, if, if he don't come through, it's just all over. Because really, that is the truth. If he don't come through, it is all over. You know? But if we get that kind of sense of relying on him, you know, not with the fear. This trust doesn't have a fear that he won't come through. It's the trust that says, I know you will come through because you are faithful. You cannot lie. You cannot deny yourself. And to deny me is to deny yourself. That's what God is saying. That's what the, father heart is, the Father's heart is saying. You know? He said, well, you know, will a, will a mother forsake her child? You wouldn't forsake your child, would you, Felicia? Uh -uh. But it happens. But he said, not me. I will never, never forsake you. I won't leave you. Because he loves us. He can't do anything but that. Now, sometimes we get God's never stop loving us confused with God's <laughs> not dealing with us. You know what I mean, Doc? <laughs> you do? Okay, good. Uh, uh, you know, because uh, uh, sometimes when we go through things, you know, th there's a scripture that we don't like to, to recognize a lot of times, but it says God chastens those he loves. Now, I do want to clarify some things because God's chastening doesn't have anything to do with sickness or disease or taking your money away from you or taking, you know, your child from you or something like that. That's not the Father's chastening. The Father chastens us with his own heart, <laughs> his truth, his word. 
it feels like you got a, a real good whipping, <laughs> you know. <laughs> After, you know, but you never from him will feel condemned. You know? Now, God still does deal with sin and things like that. You know? And it's because of his love. You know? God's doing a work in us here at Passion Church. But it's because he's after something greater than us. You know? He wants to get us past the place of it's all about me. It's all about what I think should happen or what I want. That's what babies are for. But even babies start getting trained. Okay, you're not going to get the bottle every time you cry now because I got a cold of your little plan. <laughs> you want to wake me up and I got to go, you know. No, I know that don't happen like that. But, but you know what parents start doing? They start, they start training that baby. Even as a baby. You know what? You might be newly born again in Christ. But you know what? The Father works on you according to how you can handle it, what place you're at. And he knows exactly where you're at. Because God is tougher on some young, uh, younger people than he is on adults because he said, they, you know, they just want to be babies. But they want to go somewhere so I can be a little tougher with them, and they'll know, they'll understand, and I'll use them greatly. So don't let nobody despise your youth, you know. Open up your heart and be all that God wants you to be. But anyway, the Father's heart is still for even that one that want to act like a baby or something, you know. That's not you, Chris. I know I looked at you, but it wasn't you. <laughs> I know how it is when a preacher looks at you and he says, uh-oh. But, you know, <laughs> all right, don't start. But, you know, uh, uh, the Father loves us, you know. And, you know, he's taken us, the scripture says, like I said, from glory to glory. You know what? You've been so faithful. Uh, you know, God just, you know, the reason he kept telling you be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged, because, you know what, it ain't long. You know, the faithful will be rewarded. You keep doing what you're doing, trusting him. You know what? And you're going to see some things that you're going you're gonna to kick the rug over. <laughs> I mean, shout. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? Because that's the character of the father. That's the character of the father. He's faithful. Is that a bell telling me to quit? Oh, okay. Huh? Oh, okay. Amen. Father, we thank you for a new heart. A new heart of flesh in the name of Jesus. Amen. All things are possible to them that will believe and receive it. Nothing's too hard for God. You know, he'll change things. He'll deal with our hearts, but he'll change things. And he'll make you brand new. He'll set your course straight and make a good path, a plain path for you. But you know what? You have to choose it. You have to choose it. And if you're willing to choose it, there ain't nothing that the Father won't do for you. Good things. If you choose his way, don't let the enemy 
deceive you. Because he's a deceiver. You know, he'll flash things before you and they look good. But they ain't worth nothing. You know? That is just good. You know? Uh, I didn't even look at my notes, but, you know, in my notes, there's, uh, you know, Luke chapter 15. You know, Jesus, uh, uh, you know, he was talking, dealing with some Pharisees and some Sadducees, you know. And he was talking, because they were criticizing him as they normally did, you know. And uh, uh, go ahead and turn there. I'll go ahead and get over there. But, you know, the Father's heart is to, especially since the fall, but it was really that before the fall because he knew the fall was coming, even before it happened. The, father heart, the Father's heart was to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, God's not cheap. Uh, uh, isn't a miser somebody who kind of holds back? That the, okay, I don't want to. He's not a miser. <laughs> I got all these people who know, so <laughs> that's the teacher. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, he has more than enough. More than enough. You know, he he, he doesn't hold back. You know. And he has an abundance to give. You ever done Luke 15? Let me get over there. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm just read. Let me read this. Then in all, all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. This is those who he came looking for, which all of us, if you're, if you're, if you, whether you're born again or not, we're all, we were all sinners. If you're born again, you're, you're not a sinner according to the word. Uh, that song that they sang, uh, uh, like a hurricane, I'm from Florida, so I know about those things, uh, uh you know, uh, and it, it was a verse in there that said, how could I be lost when he says I'm found? I believe it's Amos 4 that says, how can two walk together lest they agree? You know, if we don't come into an agreement with God with what he says, Jesus said this. He said, be careful what you say because you'll have what you say. And a lot of people who've been born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of the true and the living God, they say, well, I'm just, old, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. That's so far from the truth. If you've been born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of the true and living God, you're not a sinner. 
It doesn't mean you can't sin. Some people go that extreme far other way. But still the sin's been paid for. But it doesn't mean you can't. But, you know, just like a horse uh, 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 living in a garage that make it a car. Just because it, you know, ventures into the garage or lives there. It's still a horse, you know. And see, Jesus changed us through what he did. I'm getting so way far ahead of myself. But anyway, then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. God's got people that he's bringing across your path at work, in the marketplace or whatever, in small groups. They need to hear what's in your heart from God, you know? And we need to hear some people, amen? And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. I was listening the other day, Jensen Franklin was on the TV, and he was talking about how he had went out uh, uh, with some uh, rank centers, you know, and he went hunting and everything, you know, and and uh, uh, and he just he said every every word was blankety blank, blankety blank, death stumble or something, blankety blank, blankety blank, you know, and he said he enjoyed it so much, <laughs> you know, and uh, and it, and and you know what he was saying was true, not that he enjoyed the them what they were saying. But he enjoyed being in the presence of somebody in the need of a Savior. Because, see, that's purpose. Ring it out in us, you know. He wasn't trying to become like them. He said, my life is surrounded by everybody that knows Jesus. I mean, you know. But Jesus went out here and sinners came to him or he went to them. But a lot of times in the body of Christ, and I'm raising my hand because I am very guilty of it, you know, we're not out there reaching those or we don't want to hang with as far as eating or whatever it may be. I didn't say go out there and become them. But how are we going to reach those who we say we believe God has called us to reach if we're not around them? Some of them won't ever come the way of these doors. That's the reason he said, go into all the world, or you could say every man's world. And it says preach or teach, but it, you can use the word share. Share the good news in your heart of what Jesus is doing in you. You don't have to know, uh, uh, you know, have a... a, a uh, uh, a thesis on Second Timothy, or or whatever you know, or be a, a a huge Bible scholar, you know, just be yourself. Laugh with them, cry with them, you know. Be a friend. So he spoke this parable to them, saying. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not lead the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? 
And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, having, excuse me, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. How many of y'all like parties? I know too. Well, God does too. When he's saying rejoicing, he said there's going to be a shindig going on. Me and the angels and Jesus, every time you, you a, a sinner says, you know, God, I want to change my life, and I really mean it. Please change me. Come in my heart. You know? God says, it's chindig time. Get the, strike it up, angels. We're going to party. Because I tell you, when you lead somebody to Christ, not every exact time you might not, but I've, I've led people to Christ, and boy, it felt like, oh, man, such joy. You know? And it's almost just sensing the heart of the Father. You know? A lot of y'all got children when, you're, when your child does something or, or, you know, and that joy just wells up in you because you're looking at them saying, man, look at what they're accomplishing. Look at what they're doing. You know? Well, you know what? God says, out of the mouths of babes and suckling have our perfected praise or ordained strength. Well, guess what? You're still God's babes and sucklings. You might be 50 years old, close to 60 like me, <laughs> you know? But you know what? We're still God's babes and sucklings. And he still wants to ordain strength and praise through your mouth, no matter what your age is to those that are hurting, you know? Our children out there committing suicide, listening to some dumb thing I've seen on the internet, it shouldn't be happening, you know? That's another reason, I, and I didn't finish when I, because I, I took another trail, but, you know, Jesus said, my house, my family shall be called a family or a house of prayer for all nations, the word nations there is eth ethnos, where we get the word ethnic from. You know? That's the different ethnic groups. You know? We need to be a people of prayer. I don't know how to pray, Brother Bruce. Can you say, Jesus, help them? Father, see that person over there? They need you. Can you do something about it? I know you can. Will you? That's prayer. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> you know? I mean, it doesn't have to be complicated, you know. And the more you get in that word and start, you know, that word's good. But I tell you, it's, you know, you like chocolate and all those apples and oranges and good steak. Now, Chris, he'll hook you up. But, uh, 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 but you know, you like that good food. Get in the word. You know, it's the bread that you say, man, I ain't never tasted bread like this. That's why the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, who's the Lord? 
And who is Jesus? The living word. You can taste him. As a matter of fact, he told some disciples, he said, hey, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have life. You can't have life. You know? So he wants you to taste him. And he'll be there eating with you. If you open up your ears and listen. He'll talk to you from those words on that page. Because he loves you. He wants us to have the Father's heart. Uh-oh, it's 12 o'clock. What time am I supposed to be out of here? Huh? I'm over. Okay, around 12. So when you, when you tell that to a, 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 you know, we had what we used to call CPT, CPT time, right? Well, they said colored people time. Said if you want them to show up on time, you better tell them to be there. If you want them there at 11 o'clock, tell them they need to be there at 10 <laughs> or 10.30. I had this Cuban friend, Rick Ortiz, he used to say uh, Puerto Rico or uh, Cuban time or whatever. He said it's the same thing, you know. <laughs> you got to tell them if you want them there on time, you better tell them to be there early. <laughs> you know. But anyway, so uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I just thank you, Rosie. <laughs> Uh, let me finish this uh, real quick. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the pride, the, excuse me, the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, Jesus said, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over just one sinner who repents. Then he said a certain man had two sons. And this is where I really want to get to that I'm running out of time on. But this is traditionally known as the prodigal son. But really, when you look up that word uh, uh, righteous, you know, it can be interpreted prodigal. But prodigal means to be excess, extravagant, you know. And it could mean wasteful in a sense, but it also means having abundance. And really, you can look at the father as that. Because the father divided their inheritance. And one went away and wasted his, said in righteous living, you know. But the father... Knew he wasn't ready, I believe, because he was watching for him to return. And the young man came back home, and he had a speech already to tell the father. The scripture says he came to himself. We say they came to their senses or something like that. And he said, I'm going I'm to go tell father I've sinned against you and sinned against God. So when you start recognizing you have done something against, done something wrong against God, you you come into your sense, your senses. You know, and his father, you know, he said, "I just want to be one of your hired servants because even your hired servants are treated really like their sons." You know, 
And the father wouldn't even let him finish his speech. And he told the servants, he said, go, 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 get, go get new clothes. Go get some nice shoes and put on his feet, sandals, you know. And he said, kill that calf we've been feeding real good because we're going to party tonight. Because my son, he goes on later because there was a brother outside who had been so faithful. I can identify with a little bit because I used to see people come through here and, and you know, they'd be new in and they'd come in and they, they'd be exalted and then they'd be out there and some of them mess up, some of them don't, you know. And I used to think to myself, you know, I didn't say it out loud, you know, because God was teaching me something. He was trying to correct me, one number one, but he was teaching me something, you know. So I was like, God, you know, I've been faithful. You know, this person, you know, da 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 you know, and I say it to myself. And then I see something else, and I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for not letting me get out there. Thank you for showing me I wasn't ready, you know. Not judging other person, but saying I wasn't ready, you know. But anyway, this older brother had an attitude. He wouldn't come in, and he found out what was going on, and he got mad. Then the scripture says that his father came out, and he entreated him. And that word entreated or uh, uh, means to invite or to to, uh, 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 seek after him so he could open up. And all through since Adam, you know, God a given inheritance. He gave it to Adam. And they blew it. But what did God do? He came seeking to save that which was lost. He came seeking his man. The only thing the only being made in his image after his likeness. Nothing else that God created, not even the angels were made in his image after his likeness. God came seeking himself because that was his seed. Him. When you read the genealogy of the New Testament, it goes to an Adam, the son of God. God doesn't change his mind about us. Even if we blow it, Israel blew it, you know. They wouldn't keep God's word, and guess what? God went seeking after Israel. Why? Because once he gives his word, he don't change his mind. Gifts and callings of the Lord are without repentance. He don't. Change his mind. You know? And they go into captivity, and he, he deliver them. Then finally, God said, okay, I'm after everybody now. Not just Israel. I'm going to send them to Israel, but I'm really after my ultimate purpose. He sent Jesus. And Jesus said, I came to seek, Luke 19, 10, seek and save that which was lost. The father told, told his uh, uh, older brother, because he's like, I've been with you always, and you never killed no fatted calf for me and had a party. He said, hey, you're with me always. And 
not just the inheritance that I divided amongst you and your brothers to start with. See, both of them got an inheritance then. He divided amongst them too. But not just that. He said, everything I got is yours. Because the older son usually got the inheritance. He said, so, you know, don't be worried, you know. He said, your brother who was lost is now found. And he was dead, but now he's alive. And that's Father's heart for all people, no matter what their age is. He's seeking because he wants to deliver, to set free those that are lost, bringing them to himself. And we're the vessel that he does it through. He sent Jesus, and Jesus said, these same works that I do shall you also do. Why? I'm going to the Father. No one that's doing it through me, he'll be in you, doing it through you. Don't be afraid. I won't leave you like orphans. I'm there to the end of the age. So we have a commission to go seek and save that which is lost. Everything, Jesus said, everything that the Father has is mine. So guess who it belongs to now? It belongs to me. Come on, Sister Jeanette. That's right. It's yours. Because the scripture says we're heir to God, a joint heir with Jesus. So if we join heir with Jesus, and Jesus said everything daddy got is his, guess what? It's mine too. Because I'm in him. That means I got everything that pertains to life and godliness in Christ Jesus to accomplish. Not only to be, but to accomplish what he has for me to accomplish. Amen. So don't be afraid. Let's be doers of that word. Amen. Stand up with me. Pastor Walt's going to be coming and giving any announcements. But. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.